Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.2 FM in East London. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Welcoming our A-team guest uh, who's going to be talking to us around monkeypox and the cases in South Africa so far is uh, Dr. Chris Van Straten, who is uh, from Global Health Advisor Clinical Governance International SOS. Dr. Van Straten, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Tricia, thanks so much. It's an honor to be on your station. Now, uh, Doc, you know, we, for the past two years globally, have been under a pandemic, COVID-19. But here, all of a sudden, things are easing up. More people have been vaccinated. So the herd community is working, um, herd immunization is working. Um, so regulations around COVID-19 have been relaxed somewhat and no longer having to mandatorily wear masks. But here we are with the... The, 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 the scary, scary reality that there's a new endemic that has broken. And in South Africa, we now have two cases of monkeypox. Talk to us about, firstly, the origin of monkeypox and how these cases got into the country. Because I'm aware one of the people who has been reported, in fact, the first one, had never had a history of traveling. Patricia, yes. And by the way, feel free to interrupt me if I get carried away because I'm a bit of a geek and a nerd. Uh, and I do lots of reading and I can get carried away on the topic. So the first part of your question is, where does it come from? What do we know? And the first thing to note is we've known about monkeypox from about the late uh, 1950s. So 1958, first discovered in primate monkeys that were being used for research in parts of Europe. And that's why it got the name monkeypox because that's where it was first discovered. But what we think is that it's actually the host is probably rodents, small animals in Central and West Africa. And the reason we think that is over the last couple of decades, there have been continued outbreaks in Central Africa and in West Africa. There was also an outbreak in 2003 in America. And what happened there is... Some of these, they call it type of ground squirrel, and the other animal was a type of rodent. I think it's called a pouch mouse or a pouch rat. That was exported to parts of America, kept in big warehouses with other animals, and then from there distributed to people who wanted them as pets. And people then handled these animals, and you had an outbreak of monkeypox in America in 2003. But they could quickly shut it down. Why? Well, it's not as infectious as some other conditions. Example, measles, very infectious. COVID, super infectious. Monkeypox is not as easy to transmit. And because of that, if you can find the people, isolate, take care of them, most people recover just fine. And you can stop this thing from spreading like wildfire. So we think its hosts are in these small animals, mostly rodents, in parts of Central and West Africa. Every couple of years, there are outbreaks in the DRC, for example, or in Nigeria. But they're normally short-lived, a couple of people, usually family contacts or people of close physical contact with the person who picked it up. 
and, and that phrase never being too big. But again, something that saddens me is I was actually reading recently an article on the number of cases reported to the WHO from the DRC in the last two and a half years. And it's thousands of thousands of people that have had monkeypox and gotten really sick and most have recovered, but we, we haven't heard much about it. But now that it's gotten into, let's say, developing first world countries, there's more attention. And this is good that there's more attention. And we know that the vaccines, there are vaccines, there are some antivirals. But it's also a little bit sad, too, that it's not as much attention as it could have, or I think... Now, Dr. Van Straten, uh, my concern is this. So this monkeypox has been around for a long time. You are citing cases in the DRC and the likes. So clearly it's been around in Africa for a very long time, but only getting attention now as it is outbreaking in uh, first world countries, in Europe and, and the likes. Why is it that every time something that is um, medical that happens um, internationally outside of the African continent, is given more attention. Why is it that our medical professionals in Africa are not coming to the forefront, making everyone aware, um, bringing up the vaccines, the education, and the likes, before it even spreads further? Oh, that's that's an interesting and challenging question, and we need several hours to answer some of it. And I can't answer all of it. Some of it's political, some of it's financial what I can say, though, especially let's think about the last two years, I'm exceedingly proud as a South African trained doctor to see what our NICD and our virologists and our pathologists could and did do in picking up the Omicron variants, in warning the world, preparing the world. And, and I think we, we should be really proud, actually, of the many fantastic doctors and scientists throughout Africa that have been tracking these conditions, have been doing research, have been treating people, and often successfully. And I think we need to, one, give ourselves a pat on the back, and two, though, we do need to make sure that Africa and as a continent is focused on and that we are building infrastructure so that we can build our own vaccines and distribute, that we can test uh, and strengthen our facilities for testing and educate. And it's one of the reasons I love coming on to talk shows like this. It's important that we share our message and our story and what we've done and who will hopefully achieve. Well, we do hope to achieve it. Now, with this um, outbreak, when it comes to the two cases in South Africa of monkeypox, should we be worried as a country? And has there been any uh, rise in infections since the reporting of the two? That's a really good question, and at this point, because it's still quite early, I don't. I wish I had a crystal ball and I could say we know exactly what's going to happen. What I've said, and, and what a lot of us have said previously too, is if monkeypox continues to behave like it used to behave over the last 20, 30 years, then we expect sometime in the next couple of weeks the numbers to plateau globally and then start tapering off. But it's behaving differently. It's behaving in a way it hasn't normally done. The outbreak at the moment is close to it's over 4,000 people in different countries infected. And what's really going to be critical now for us in South Africa 
but also people overseas is taking it seriously and going, well, we know, we don't want to hear it because we've had two years of COVID, but simple steps, hand hygiene, washing, keeping your distance from, if you feel sick, please, then you need to isolate, contact your doctor and have have the test done, especially if you've been traveling in places where it could be endemic or you've known someone who could have come in contact. And then it's the basic things. Observe good hand hygiene. Avoiding close contact with sick people. Avoiding touching objects that might have been contaminated. So monkeypox, we know it can be transmitted to droplets, but it's not the most, it's not how it's usually transmitted. It's big droplets. You've got to have close contact for long periods of time. It's mostly skin skin contact and if the person has those blisters if those have contaminated a surface or your bedding that's where most people pick it up and so there are a lot of simple things we can do also avoiding wild animals avoiding uh, for example eating bush meat or wild animals or food that isn't well prepared or the illegal trade of wild animals because that has come previous outbreaks have occurred. So as a South African and as a doctor, and by the way, we as a group have managed monkeypox in uh, Nigeria successfully, which uh, was a couple of weeks back. And I, I personally am not as worried as when I first heard about COVID two years ago. When I first realized what COVID is and what our scientific colleagues were telling us, I became very anxious that because we we realize that this could affect millions of people and potentially kill millions of people. Monkeypox is a different different virus. It's not as easily transmissible. Most people recover fully. But I think we need to be, we can't afford to let our guard down and we must be vigilant. So please, if you're feeling sick, especially if you're traveling in parts of Africa, you could have a fever, joint aches and pains. Remember, it could be malaria. It could be dengue. There's many other things that could also make you have similar symptoms and signs. So please don't don't be shy to reach out to a healthcare provider and seek further care. A-teamers, uh, what are your questions around monkeypox? And, and importantly, how are you feeling about this pandemic? Are, are you really scared? Because I still see a lot of people wearing masks and it's good for their protection. But with monkeypox, I mean, as uh, Dr. Van Straten is saying, it's not easily transmittable, but we need to make sure that we are looking after ourselves. So uh, w- what measures are you taking to make sure that you are protected? And how are you feeling? Are you, are you fearful? Do you worry that uh, children are going to be um, easily infected? because they play with each other at school, then uh, classrooms, and, you know, we, we can't really, um, you know, make sure that kids are always adhering to regulations. Let me know how you're feeling. WhatsApp number is 0614 We've put up a poll on our Twitter page asking you if you, as a South African, um, feel that you're well-informed um, regarding monkeypox. Please uh, send us your votes there so we can check. Currently, our A-teamers are sitting at uh, 8.7% who are saying we need more awareness, while 87% say, no, uh, we are not well-informed when it comes to monkeypox. But I'm glad... Dr. Chris von Straden is giving us more information. Our SMS number is 41391. Dr. von Straden, um, in, in terms of, you know, 
risk for travelers, you've mentioned that. You've mentioned what we can do to um, avert contracting monkeypox. But the one thing that we need to be speaking about is how the outbreak can at least be mitigated when it comes mm. to workplaces, public areas and schools. What should companies uh, be doing to protect those who work for them and those who are their patriots? Yeah, that's a very good question. So good, the, the fundamentals there already comes down to again, education and having partnership with uh, an entity, whether it's a company that specializes in occupational health or advising, but for specifically businesses, they need to know the legalities of the country or the region they're in. And it, it really does help having a partner that can help them interpret the medicine, interpret the science, and then help them make practical decisions that are also cost-effective. Now, it's interesting, we're focusing on monkeypox, uh, and rightly so. It's in the news, and people are concerned. But it's interesting, I've been wearing a mask since I was in medical school, and since we did virology, and that's a good 20 years ago. And I'm still wearing a good mask. Why? Because <laughs> I know what's out there. And I don't want to be paranoid, and I don't want to make other people scared. But there are other conditions out there. TB. TB is very real. I've survived TB. It was one of the worst things I've ever experienced, uh, and I really didn't make it. And every year in South Africa, thousands of people are infected. Many die. Many are disabled. But there are things that we can all do to protect ourselves, and a good mask is one of them. So me as an individual, me, Dr. Chris, I'm going to keep wearing a mask daily, especially when I'm out and about in public places. Why? Well, I don't want to get COVID. I don't want to get TB again. I, if I'm sick, I don't want to transmit to other people, and I don't want to pick up monkeypox. Now, Patricia, I'm not saying that everybody must go out there and wear masks. But what I am saying is, for the foreseeable future, and especially if you're at risk. So let's say you have an autoimmune condition or you're getting chemotherapy treatment. Well, I would strongly encourage you to keep masking up because the COVID pandemic isn't done. But there are many other things that can transmit through the air, through droplets, and TB is one of them. And you protect yourself and you're protecting others when you're masking up. And again, businesses, they need to think about what are the risks at work, what is the exposure, and then think about steps that they can take. Another good example, again, it's not for everybody in all businesses, but we know that ventilation, good ventilation, is doable. And you can do that through heater filters, ventilation systems, build, designing buildings to aerate, and that can significantly reduce infections from, for example, COVID or TB or the other infections that are transmitted in that way. So there are plenty of things. And again, the last thing I want to finish off with is hand washing. I'm embarrassed sometimes to be a man because, Patricia, I don't know if you've read some of the research, but when there was research done many years back and it showed that less than 50% of men actually wash their hands after going to the bathroom. Yuck. And that's just embarrassing. Oh, and Patricia, disgusting. It's embarrassing, <laughs> yeah. And I thought women would be much better. Women are better. 
but it's just over 50%, right? Sure. So we, we've got to get our heads around this thing. Pandemics have been with us for forever. And there will be more pandemics. And how we choose to live daily can have a huge impact, not on just me, but other people and other people in the community. Okay, so we've got a voice note from an A-teamer. A-teamers, remember, you can also send in yours with questions or comments around monkeypox on 614 uh, Patricia and the doc, the big debate has been whether a monkeypox can be transmitted sexually. And, and I, I could, we couldn't get an answer when you read online, when you check online. Should we be worried about that? You know, can this be transmitted uh, sexually? Oh, good question. Um, it is. <laughs> go ahead, Doc. What's the response? Question. Yeah, that's a great question. So the question there was, can, it, can monkeypox be transmitted sexually? And, and, and I've had this question put another way. Is it an STD? Is it a sexually transmitted condition? And the answer is this. It's not what we would call an STD. Why? Monkeypox mostly is transmitted by skin-to-skin contact. So let's say, I don't know if you guys have seen those pictures. It looks a bit like chickenpox in the beginning. So it's these blisters filled with a clear fluid. And it then changes over a couple of days, becomes full of pus, and then it pops. And then it forms a scab, and then it heals up. Now, if you come into contact with somebody who's got those blisters, all those blisters have popped, probably the most infectious stage. And if you're coming in contact with someone like that, let's say you are having sex and you get close contact, whether that's with your face and you're kissing or your you know, close embrace, then you can pick it up. But it doesn't mean it was sexually transmitted. That means you had close skin-to-skin contact. Now, we do know that in parts of Europe, so that was Holland and in Spain, they had these big parties People were in very close physical contact. Some of it might have been sexual. Some of it might have just been close physical skin-to-skin contact. And so that's where it's been picked up. And at the moment, so anyone can get monkeypox, by the way. At the moment, it seems to be, and I think this is just unfortunate, that a lot of the people in Europe, uh, in Holland, in Spain, at these parties, were part of a group of men that had sex with men. But that doesn't mean that this is a disease of gay uh, men who have sex with men or women who have sex with women. This is anyone could get monkeypox. And some of the people that have got monkeypox are doctors, right? So the people at risk are people close contact, skin to skin, long periods of time, all looking after people who are sick and doctors. Sure. Does that help? Yeah, I, I think it's also answered a lot of my questions around its mm-hmm. uh, transmission. Now, Doc, in terms of the monkeypox outbreak, right, it's coincided mm-hmm. with COVID-19, but also others like hepatitis outbreak in Turin and mm-hmm. a bigger polio outbreak in Mozambique. What does this mean mm-hmm. for us? Okay, that, that's a lot of complex layers woven in there. First off, one thing I do want to say, it's concerned me most of my medical career, and I'm not a virologist, I'm not an epidemiologist. I've got a medical degree, but I've got a master of science in global health. 
the way these infections work, the way the diseases work globally, is what I've studied and what I'm, I'm really passionate about. What we know is these diseases have been with us for millennia, either in humans or in animals, and we call it zoonosis. Zoonosis is when you've got an infection in one species, for example, influenza. Influenza is often in geese and ducks, and it can jump into humans and backwards and forwards. And we saw the same with COVID. Now, monkeypox, we think, well, we know it can be in rodents, we know it can be in primates, and we know it can be in humans. And the other thing that's been concerning me is this, is I think if we keep on expanding into our natural environments, into the wild places. And the wild places are important. They are, it's kind of the support system of the planet, our forests, our jungles. And if we keep entering into wild places, trading in wild animals, we'll run the risk of these infections being transmitted backwards and forwards. So we need, in my mind, we need to discover many layers, but the one is we do need to protect our natural and wild habitat and wild animals. We do need to make sure we've got surveillance. We've got amazing tools, but we need to make sure that we continue to surveil and figure out where are these infections coming from? Where are we letting our guard down? And then the other thing I must highlight is vaccinations are some of the most incredible inventions ever made. I would not be alive having this call with you and your listeners if it weren't for vaccines. It's simple as that. And what we're seeing in some parts of the world, polio should have been eradicated by now. But in some places you get people that go, no, I don't want a vaccine. I, I'm going to do it a different way. And then what can happen is you can get outbreaks and everyone can be affected by that. Smallpox. Smallpox was eradicated in the 1980s. Why? Because the WHO and all the countries globally made sure that over 80% of the population was fully vaccinated against smallpox, and that eradicated smallpox from the planet. And smallpox was deadly, very infectious, and deadly. You, most people didn't survive. And if you did survive, you were badly scarred. So my message there is, for me, it's about thinking holistically. It's about thinking of our environment. How do we protect our climate, our plants, the wild places, and vaccinating and educating people appropriately? So that's a long, long-worded uh, thoughts and ideas, Patricia, but I think it's really important that we don't decide to the bigger picture. Let's uh, go to a voice note. Jumela Patricia, hey, you know, Ichimas are so, mom, they are so quiet on this uh, monkeypox. So the question I'd like to direct to him is, what are the symptoms? And are its symptoms similar to that of influenza, that is flu, you know? Good evening, lovely people. Housing from Brampisha. All right, Doctor, please go through the symptoms once more. Yes, exactly. So that's a nice question. Okay, so monkeypox 
in the beginning, like many of the viral infections, you can start with a headache, joint aches and pains. So you feel a bit fluish, back pains, and feeling weak. But what's interesting with monkeypox, usually after three or four days after getting a fever and a headache, you then start with this, this rash. So we, we in medicine call it papules. It's little bumps on the skin and sometimes a bit red and inflamed. And then that will become a blister. And in the beginning, it looks a lot like chickenpox. So for doctors in the beginning, it can be difficult because then we're going, hang on, is this chickenpox? And then we're going to ask the patient, hey, where have you been traveling? Have you been in parts of Central Africa or West Africa? Have you been in close, intimate contact with somebody perhaps you don't know well or at a party? And then if we've got a suspicion that it could be monkeypox, then we will ask them to isolate and we can do those tests. So in the beginning, it's, Feeling feverish, having a fever, headache, joint aches and pains, backache. And what's interesting with monkeypox and what's different about monkeypox compared to chickenpox is you get big lymph nodes. We call it lymph adenopathy. In basic terms, it means your lymph nodes in your neck and in your armpits and in your groin can become really very swollen. At about the same time, you get the rash. Okay, does that help? So... It's it's flu-like symptoms in the beginning, and then you get this rash that can look like chickenpox, but where it's different from chickenpox, big swollen lymph nodes, and the blisters become filled with pus. Chickenpox doesn't do that. Chickenpox, those blisters are clear, clear fluid. When monkeypox, it turns to uh, pus, uh, and then that could pop at some point. Does that help? Yes, it does, Doc. Uh, please stay with us. We're going to a quick break and then we'll be back. Uh, there's uh, messages and, uh, before we wrap up our conversation. Hey, team, as, uh, you can still send yours via WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. We are still in conversation with Dr. Chris Van Straten, who is from Global Health Advisor Clinical Governance International SOS, talking about monkeypox. Um, uh, Dr. Van Straten, here's a um, question. It says, in fact, it's a comment, but for me, I think let's pose it as a question for you so you can help us get a better understanding. Uh, this ATMA says, Hi, Patricia. Most of these viruses are man made, like uh, the coronavirus, from, um, they're formed in labs. Doc, is there truth in this? Is there truth that uh, most viruses are man-made? Because you were mentioning the fact that uh, these uh, viruses uh, occur from from animals and when animals interact with humans. No. So that, I, it's, I can't say it's right at all. So no, these viruses have been around, some of them, for thousands and thousands of years. Um, no, no, I do not for a second think they're man-made. You, the, the level of technology that you would need to A, be able to build a, a virus and then be able to put it out there undetected, uh, no, nothing, <laughs> no. These viruses have been around a long time. Monkeypox have been around for a very long time in rodents. And then something like influenza has been around for hundreds of years. And you're going to remember from the history books 
2018, he had what we call the Spanish flu, and that killed something like 50 to 60 million people in a couple of months. And <laughs> we didn't have fancy laboratories at that time. So no, uh, it's 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 false. All right, uh, so it is false. Uh, so at least the ATMA knows that it's not man-made. They've been around for a very, very long time. Doc, um, the rise of diseases and pandemics in Africa and globally um, is really something that is quite alarming. What are we likely to see more going forward and how can we prepare better? Yeah, good question. And it relates to part of what we were discussing earlier where these these organisms, viruses, have been around for eons, uh, probably before we uh, appeared on the scene. And what we do know is that they change and evolve as we change and evolve. So, we, as we said earlier, we need to be, one, keep educating people so that we know what to look out for. We know the steps we can take to protect ourselves, and that's hygiene, sanitation, getting your vaccines, getting yourself boosted if and when you need to. And then in terms of how do we prevent... See, here's the thing that's, that keeps sticking with me, right? Now, I've got the luxury. I can afford a good mask. I can uh, work in a safe place and know in transport and I can drive in my own car. So I can take these steps, and many people can't. But we know, here's something we know, right? We know that these viruses, the more people that are infected, the more it can change and mutate. So it is important. And how do we prevent that? Well, good hygiene, mask wearing, and vaccines. And those are some of the best things we can do to protect ourselves. And then also to respect the natural world. We need to respect wild animals and leave them be and grow and harvest our food in safe and sustainable ways. I hope that helps, Patricia. Hello, Pat. Uh, also, what a nice show. I just want to know from the doctor, uh, the way he envisages the situation, uh, are we going to have a level 5 lockdown on uh, monkeypox or uh, just a certain disease that will just come and pass? As like the weather comes and pass. Submission, WPRM, Slim Pop. All right. Uh, Doc, do you think monkeypox can lead us to getting a lockdown? Right. So the, the virologists, the epidemiologists and the specialists at the moment think it's unlikely. Now, let me explain why. So monkeypox is very different to COVID or influenza. COVID and influenza can be spread to very small droplets that can hang in the air for very long periods of time. And you just need a little bit of contact for a short period of time and you can get COVID or get influenza. With monkeypox, it can be in droplets, but it's not the most common route. It's mostly from that close physical skin-to-skin contact or in contact with bedding or linen that was infected. So it's unlikely. But again, it, we've seen things in the last years that we, we saw COVID and we were warning people. A lot of people were like, well, so what? So what if it gets infected or I'm not taking my vaccine or I'm not going to wash my hands? Uh, and that's been part of the big challenge. So 
with monkeypox, if we, me as an individual, your caller, if we all are courteous, clean, look out for each other, educate each other, I think we can and will get a handle on it. And the other good thing about monkeypox is it doesn't, most people recover fine and it's not as infectious. And I think that that's the important thing. Does that make sense, Patricia? It definitely does. Uh, thank you so very much, Dr. Van Straten, for joining us this evening and uh, shedding some light on monkeypox. Absolute pleasure. Stay safe and keep asking good questions. Well, A-teamers, uh, your polls, this is how they sit. We are asking, do you think South Africans are well-informed when it comes to monkeypox? Currently, 85.2% say no, while 7.4% say we need more awareness and another 7.4% say yes. I'm glad that we had this conversation. At least we've spread a bit of that awareness around monkeypox.